Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. Today, let's discuss the menu. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're reviewing the excellent dark comedy, The Menu, starring Rafe Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Nicholas Holt. This is one of my favorites of the year. I think it might have snuck into my top 10. I really enjoyed it. I love rated R movies that make me laugh, but also make me squirm at the same time. And I think this both did that. Not to mention, at the end of this movie... I was craving a cheeseburger like I never have in my entire life. I tweeted about it, and then BuzzFeed picked up our tweet and put up one of their articles about people craving cheeseburgers after this movie. You were so proud that you texted it to mom. I did. I said, <laughs> so hey, I was like, hey, mom, run your run through this BuzzFeed so article. Cute. She was like, aw. She was like, oh, my God, so cute. Because uh, uh, it, a, fan, a fan sent that to us. I didn't it, even know. The, the article? Yeah, yeah. it's so cool. Um, but I really enjoyed this movie because I love cooking shows. Gordon oh, yeah. Ramsay is my spirit animal. Combine that with great acting, a really cool concept, and a strong uh, film in, in terms of writing and execution. Excellent production design. And I really think they pulled off something really cool here. And I love the tone that they did. Uh, the creator of, of Succession actually wrote and directed this film. And Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were the producers. I think this might be the last feature film they have produced as a team. They've probably been working on it for several years. Yeah, That's was, why they're still yeah, together They on probably it. greenlit it like two, two and a half years ago. Before their feud. Before the feud. But I really love the film. Uh, and it has this great humor. Uh, but also, like, it just torches the food industry, the, the high-class food industry. But also has great things to say about social class. And uh, I, I think that the characters were brilliant. I lo- I consider myself a foodie. I can't afford to eat what I want all the time, but I love watching cooking shows and uh, especially high-end food. It's really fascinating what uh, these high-end chefs can do, and they do put a lot of love and care into their food, and it's fascinating to see the things that they can create. But also, it can get a little ridiculous with like these tiny plates with super small portions, and there's always it's so art. It's still a little too artistic. Uh, and I like Anya Taylor's George character. She's great. She's like kind of a, I'm kind of a blend between her and Holt. I feel like I'm in the middle of them too, <laughs> of like liking it, but also thinking it's kind of like BS uh, and not really food. But I loved how they they teased um, this kind of industry and because uh, it is a little ridiculous to, to to charge like $300 for a meal. I mean, it's it's, it's absurd, but also it is, it, it's an exclusive thing. Um, only a small number of people can afford to eat like this. And I like how the film plays with that idea. Yeah, a great strong theme of social class, of the working class versus the wealthy class, the upper class. There's a social hierarchy at play here, servers versus people paying for that service. And the menu was directed by Mark Mylod, written by Seth Reese and Will Tracy. It's about a young couple who traveled to a remote island to eat an exclusive restaurant at an exclusive restaurant <laughs> where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. IMDb has this at a 7.5 right now, but that's only 6,000 reviews. Ron Tomatoes, it is an 89% critic score, 78% audience score, so well-received by everybody, all audiences. Box office, this has so far pulled in $35 million at the global box office on a budget of $35 million. And if you're wondering where that money went to, it went to, I'm sure, the cast, but also the production design of this movie, which is really astounding. And I'm sure having the, the like actual chefs and preparing all these dishes and some of them fake 
costs a little extra I'm money. Sure, I'm sure the food costs quite a bit uh, to actually make and photograph. But yeah, the sets are great. There's there's only a few sets, but they're really well designed. And uh, there's actually duplicate. There's two sets of the whole kitchen because we learned that Chef Slovak actually lives in a, a exact replica of the kitchen and dining room, which I found so interesting. Really fascinating character for the chef. Because what I loved about the movie is I kind of knew what I was getting into walking into it. A little bit, yeah. I yeah, seen the trailer. The, the trailer showed us, uh, showed us what was going on. But there was still a lot of mystery. Like when we got when we when things started rolling, I'm like, now I'm like, why? I, I was like, everyone's gonna die tonight, but why? But why are they here? And I, I loved the slow reveals of why people were there. I loved how Chef Slovak was just haunting these people. I loved his interactions, like with the the food critic. And the the food critics are great. We have the the famous critic and her assistant, who like run the editor of the magazine she writes for. And like he's agreeing with everything she says, and and she seems like she's like such a know-it-all, and and so so harshly judging things, and and I love how he can hear what everyone's saying, and people like it's like people, I think they're kind of poking fun at like like people in high society and higher class, like they're happy, they'll talk shit about someone in the same room, like as if they can't hear them, even though he's only like twenty feet away, but she's like roasting his his um first few courses. And then he sends her the uh, the the unmixed sauce, <laughs> the separated sauce. He's like, I heard you wanted more, so I gave you a whole bowl of it. <laughs> really great moments like that. But the humor was sharp and biting. Uh, the cinematography was very nice. Uh, the cast is really terrific. I think that Nicholas Holt really stole the show for me. He's always been a fantastic performer, but I hadn't seen his comedy really like this before. And he was cracking me up. And the audience, too. The audience is reacting to him really well the entire film. Because he has so many great bits, so many great reactions to things, uh, so many great one-liners. And he's just like this aloof, uh, blissfully ignorant kind of guy that has gravitated towards obsession of film, even though ironically, obsession for with food, even though ironically he doesn't even know how to cook a simple meal himself. Now, let's set this movie up a little better. Because there's a lot of moving characters, a lot of moving pieces, even though we're really in one setting. So we have the main characters are Nicholas Holt, who plays Tyler, and Anya Taylor-Joy, who plays Margot. Now, uh, Tyler is obsessed with Chef Slovak, played by Ray Fiennes. It's one of his best roles. It's kind of like a combination between, like, Eamon Goth and Voldemort in a lot but of ways. But also there's a warmth to him. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, like, when he talks about food and he's serving it, like, he, you can see how pleasing it is to him. Now, Tyler is taking Margot, who we believe is his girlfriend, but I think we'll start right now. We'll say a spoiler warning for if you haven't seen this movie. We're going to start talking about this movie in depth. He takes Margot, who we think is his girlfriend, but we later find out she is an escort that he hired to take to this very exclusive restaurant. They don't know very people. They don't know each other very well, but she's replaced his original guest that he was going to take there. And basically what is happening is these very wealthy people are paying a arm and a foot to go eat at the restaurant of Chef Slovak, who is a world famous world renowned chef and this is kind of like a very exclusive experience to go eat has at his restaurant 1200 this, ahead yeah at, at his restaurants on this private island funded by his funder of of his restaurants and of his island but this is basically his restaurant is now this private experience where you take a boat you go have this incredibly fancy expensive artistic pretentious meal and then you you go home however something is different this time where you obviously know the trailer pretty much everyone who's going to this island they are not coming home and i love the slow reveal of why because i was picturing this was kind of gonna be 
like a most dangerous game situation, even though there's a scene like that. Yeah, where yeah. I thought they were going to be eating the guests or something like that, or they were going to be part of the I meal. I thought it was going to be like a game, a survival game. But it's more yeah. of a cult-like experience, a cult-like mass suicide, rather than something like that, where Chef Slovik it's a really interesting thing to, thing to do to a chef because people worship chefs. Like, Tyler worships Chef Slovik. He just wants him to notice him and like him, and <laughs> Chef Slovik does him dirty later on in the movie. It's so funny what he does to him. The, the, I'm sorry. The photos of his, on the tortilla of him taking photos of the food? After he's told not to take photos? That killed me. <laughs> I died. Because Sh Chef Slovik has basically become a cult leader in a lot of ways, and he's lost his love for cooking because he spent several years becoming so successful and a master of his craft, but now he's spent 20 years, 30 years cooking for people he hates and people he despises and people who don't appreciate what he does, and he makes so many great connections of food to life and existence and existential thoughts about the connection between people and food and how we've lost that connection. And now people are just paying to pretend like they know about that and they can feel that essence. And he makes it beyond artistry and beyond passion what food means to people. And and that ties into every, why every person is there specifically because Slovak tells Margot they've been t planning this evening meticulously every detail. So her being there is a whole wild card that they weren't expecting. They were expecting Tyler's ex-girlfriend to be there because he probably wanted her there for a, a reason as well. So Tyler's there because he's like this social media food blogger who is Slovak believes is like ruining the soul of of real of food love because he's so vapid and he doesn't really love food. It's more like he likes the idea of it because when he makes Tyler cook in the kitchen, Tyler panics and he cooks. He has them get him uh, shallots, leeks, and onions. <laughs> and it's and all lamb chops. <laughs> and it's all this. Those are all in the same family of 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 the onion family. <laughs> it's terrific. And then the food critic and the editor of the magazine are there because uh, even though the food critic helped him get his uh, noticed and his notoriety early in, in Slovak's career, uh, she has. He says, "Who? How many restaurants have you destroyed with your reviews?" And, and you can only imagine how such a high caliber food critic she could with the writing of her words she can just end a restaurant and end a person's dream just because something wasn't perfect to her liking and it's a terrible thing and then we have the uh the accountants with the uh with the the own, extorting the extorting money with the owner of the the financier of the restaurant extorting millions of dollars and and I love the portrayal of them they, they were like portrayed perfectly then we have the wealthy husband and wife who are there and no matter how many times they've been there they can't remember a single dish. He can't remember the single dish he's had in the restaurant when Slovak asks him, just name one thing. Just name one thing. How many times you've eaten here? He couldn't name one thing. So the this man um, doesn't respect the food that he's serving. And, and so I love how and, – oh, and also the, 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 actor. the, the actor, John, Legu John Guizamo, is a great supporting actor in this as well because he made a movie that Slovak hated that he, he – he had one day off in a year, a Sunday, and he decided to go to the movies – and he saw John Leguizamo's movie, and he hated it so much that he wants to kill him because yeah. of it. Yo, so let's explain why all these people yeah. are here. So those are descriptions of their relationship to, like, the food. But th the reason why Slovak has specifically planned this event for these people is because they've all led to his wanting to kill himself and kill all these people through this perfect menu. And he's bringing them all here for a reason. The reasons are their pretentiousness, their... Like like Anthony said, the actor who he didn't do anything wrong except act in a movie that Slovak hated, and it was like it's my one day off, and you <laughs> ruined it. <laughs> but Margot's a wild card because 
she the girlfriend was probably did something that caused Slovik to want to off her as well. All these characters in Slovik's eyes deserve to die, in his opinion. That's why they've been invited there, even though they technically didn't do anything wrong. But because Slovik's so far past the point of being a chef anymore, he's trying to make his final statement to the world, you could say, and like his last final cult leader act where he has uh, a, a squadron of sous chefs and assistants in the kitchen who will do whatever he says. They are loyal to him to a fault. They will do whatever he says. They've been completely brainwashed to the point where they've all agreed to this is going to be the final menu, the final final time we cook in this restaurant. We're all going to kill ourselves, but also there's going to be death is going to be part of the menu where one of the guys kills himself, and that's one of the courses. And so this entire evening is full of these odd courses of food Sometimes it's like breadless bread is one of the courses and all you get is the toppings and the, the food critics and everyone. This is outrageous, but it's so, it's so interesting <laughs> and artistic. But really, Slovik's just giving them all the middle finger in their faces saying that they don't even deserve the bread, which was used to feed the peasant class for centuries and thousands of years. They don't even deserve that. It's not that they don't deserve it. They, he, he's showing them that like you don't even think you are allowed to eat bread because you're on such a high level. And the, the ironic nature of they love food so much, but like they can't even see that when he's just messing with them by by serving a breadless plate with just a couple of oils, and they all react to it in like a positive way, like "Oh my god, this is amazing!" <laughs> and Nicholas Holt, uh, Tyler is just like he's loving every like little ladleful of of oil or cream that he can get, and he it's just all BS. And I think what's happened with Slovak, it's a really fascinating character. This man who clearly all his life loved cooking and was extremely passionate about uh, the craft of cooking and, and serving people. And Margot, she makes this connection with him where when she goes, when she sneaks into his home and she looks through all these old photos of him, she sees this photo of him as like like a 20-year-old in a some rundown divey burger shop with a spatula in hand, just frying on the flat top, bunch of burgers and he has the biggest smile on his face. He looks like he's so happy. And that's that's where this love, like this is where he started. He enjoyed serving people. And he's lost that love because what he's become is just yet another cog in the, in the wheel of high society and elitism. Now he's cooking. He used to just enjoy cooking for the common man, but now he cooks for... Uh, the highest elites in the in that exist in society, and uh, he's just lo- he it's in in a way it's his own doing, but also the influence of others I think led him on this path of just getting too big, and too f- successful, and ended up becoming his downfall. He ended up hating became ha- hating what he became, and now he's just trying to I think make amends with his life, and d- destroy the person he has become because he hates what he's become. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate 
However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. He's a man with principle, ironically, which is interesting. Even though he's about to kill a bunch of people and kill himself, he's a man of principles. And once he discovers who Margot truly is, she is an escort who Tyler hired. And so he he questions her and tells her, you get to decide. Everyone here is going to die tonight. You get to decide whether you're going to be with the serving class or with the other class, the higher the takers. class, the takers or the servers. He's like, you're the givers or the takers. He's like, I could. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, thanks for the correction. Uh, I, I, I spotted you because I, I could spot a server and I knew you were one. You were a server. You're a server. Do you want to be part of us? Do you want to be doing, I guess, the killing or part of our class when we all die or part of them? But Margot, all she's trying to do is survive. She's a survivor, clearly because she's the only one that survives at the end, outsmarting everybody and flipping Slovic's entire fundamentals and principles on its head and really understanding Slovic more than anybody ever has probably because, you know, he... Take, accepts her for their team. He's like, go get me a barrel. And she sneaks off and does something else. And she gets in that knife fight with uh, his assistant and kills her. Elsa. Elsa, yeah. Who She's terrific in that movie. She's great, yeah. Great character. And Slovik and Margot kind of have this connection. And by the end of the film, we learn the plot is that they're going to kill everybody in a mass suicide, in a cult-like ritual in a lot of ways, you could say. Kinda, Absolutely. Kind of like a Jonestown yeah. situation. It was a little bit like Midsummer summer kind of, too. Except- it had the music was very hereditary. Yeah. Yeah. Before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost Podcast is to become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. You get awesome perks like personalized videos, personalized messages. We have tiers in the $2, $5, $10, $25, and $100 tier. Every tier gets specific perks, but every tier also gets access to a weekly bonus episode. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast and help support us today. Also, this is the first episode where our show has been filmed with the Black Magic cameras. Thanks so much to Black Magic Design for providing us with two Black Magic G2 6K cameras. These things are incredible. They shoot all the way up to 6K cinema log. If you are an independent filmmaker, I cannot recommend Black Magic Design enough. These are just couple grand which yeah. is so so affordable for a production and then a little color correction with davinci resolve it really looks stunning so thanks black magic so much for these awesome cameras this episode is also sponsored by movieposters.com use our special promo code raiders 10 to get 10 percent off your order today they have a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and tv show imaginable in their poster library head on over to movieposters.com and use our promo code raiders 10 to get 10 percent off your order today Margot is able to save herself because she truly understands that Slovak has completely committed to the menu. The menu is king, meaning that rules still do apply to this restaurant and to this experience and the dining experience of being a patron. Where even at the end, after everyone finds out you're going to die, we're going to do it very soon. Just, But also, please pay your bill. Don't worry. Gratuity is already included. <laughs> it's so so everyone's paying their bill knowing they're about to die in a few minutes. But then Margot very cleverly truly understands Slovak in this moment, in this situation. She orders something off the menu. Well, first, she sends her food back. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. She sends her food back. Because because who he is is, is he's a cook. He serves. So he can't stand. Throughout the film, it's laced throughout. 
he can't understand why she's not she hasn't taken a bite of anything and he approaches her a couple of times about this and then this is the moment where she says she wants to send this back and he just goes to her he's like you haven't eaten anything and he's like des- why won't you eat he's like he's <laughs> desperate to feed her that's that's who he is and and I love the ca- the character's really complex cuz he's about to kill her but he wants her to eat his food it's really great yeah and so she understands the situation so well sends the food back asks for something else and he's like, "What do you want?" She's like, "What can you make?" Pretty much everything. She's and like, "He's like a desperate boy yeah. trying to trying to please his mom." What can I cook you? He's like, "I'll cook you anything." And she remembers that photograph she saw in his private quarters, and she asks for a cheeseburger, not a fancy one, a good old cheeseburger. She's like, "Can you do it?" He's like, "Yeah, I can do it." She's like, "Are you sure?" He's like, "I'll make you a cheeseburger just like the ones that your mom and dad could barely afford when you were a kid." <laughs> and he makes the most del- delicious looking oh, greasy cheeseburger with great fries. All that cheese. Oh, my oh, goodness. My mouth's watering. This burger looked incredible. Yeah. And Margot's so smart. She takes a bite. Then she says, I think my eyes were bigger than my stomach. And he says, I completely understand. She asks, can I get a to-go bag? He has to stick to the rules of the menu of being a cook in a restaurant. Oh, she she's going to pay her bill. She has an exact, exact amount of money. How much is that going to run me? She has $10 cash. Pays for it, takes the burger to go, and they let her leave because she understands the situation better than everyone there. So I disagree. With why she escaped? Yeah. Why? So Slovak let her go, not because of the rules. He let her go because she made an actual connection to him as a cook. Everyone else there, it's all facade. They don't give a shit about what he's making, and it's all elitism. She is a lower-class citizen, just like he was, and she understood that he, in that photo, him smiling, that was when he was happiest. So, so she made a connection to what made him fall in love with food, which was just serving people really simple meals, like in a good old-fashioned American cheeseburger. And so she made a real true connection with him as a, a taker and a giver, the connection he fell in love with serving. That's why he's obsessed with her wanting to eat, trying to get her to eat something. If she had just... If she had just taken a bite of something he ate, he served earlier and asked for it to go, they wouldn't have let her go. It's because she made the connection with him, traced back to his roots from that old photo, and understood this is who he is. And so for a moment, because of this, he's he spared her uh, because she deserves to leave. Everyone else still deserves to die. Yeah, that that's a definitely one way to look at it. You're probably right. But I still think I like the principal idea better. <laughs> that he just did it because it's part of the rules. Because he's so committed to the menu. And whatever happens logistically, it's going to happen. And because she sent her food back or something off menu, she got to go. But I think you're probably right. I think so too. And I really I think enjoy- you're wrong. I really enjoyed this movie. However, I will say I did not love the moment coming next where Margot escaped. I loved that. I loved the moment she got the burger and left. And I thought it was super clever. However, I did not like how every guest just accepted their fate of being burned alive and didn't do anything about it. I know that they might have had an existential um, awakening or a moment of clarity in this entire situation where, like, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I'll off myself. But the fact that they're willing to just die for this chef who they just met who maybe changed their perspective on life, but not only just die but be burned alive and take it willingly, even though, like like uh, Slovak said, if you guys fought back, you probably could have escaped. Yeah. Because there's no escape coming at all, but you could have still fought out of that building and made it out alive at some point. I don't really like how everybody just accepted it and just burned themselves alive. It was very midsummer, but on a huge scale with yeah. choice is still there. You still can choose to fight. 
I don't see anyone in that room not fighting to save their lives. Yeah, so I completely agree, and that's why I gave this movie a four-star rating on Letterboxd, because I loved it, but also that, I think, was the really big um, issue I had with the film. I like the idea, but your basic survival instincts are going to kick in, and you wouldn't let someone burn you alive. Uh, it only works in Midsummer because uh, he's been paralyzed, and then everyone else is just a scarecrow. <laughs> well, every, and some other people and the other are guys volunteer. Because they're brainwashed, yeah, completely in all for what's going on. So if the sh- if the cooks and the and the sous chefs did it, yeah, I understand yeah. that they're completely brainwashed by Slovak. Yeah. But the customers who've been trying to survive this entire night, what just because of the last few minutes that you've just given up on life now, you don't want and you want to yeah. burn alive? Yeah, I don't. So I, it took me out of it. I think it would have worked better if he served them like a dessert that would have paralyzed them all. Mm-hmm. That would totally get around that issue. Um, I think that's what they should have done because I also felt the same thing where it looked cool and the music was cool and it was a good ending. And it's funny with the s'mores, the final yeah, the dish, s'mores. marshmallows. But the, the fact that like, none of them even shifted from their seats, you know, it's just your natural instinct to survive and fear would just overwhelm you and you would be rushing to get out of there. Um, so I think that he should have served them something that paralyzed them. Or something else, maybe chain the nun. Because I understand yeah. it's a movie. It's not real. Yeah. But I still think that took me out of it because I thought it was a near-perfect movie. I thought it was really a terrific film up until that point as well. So it was still a good ending, I think. It was solid. Yeah. I, I liked when Margot's just eating the burger in the to-go box on the boat, watching yeah. the building explode in the distance. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm glad I survived. Like, whatever. She's like, cool, what, what am I doing next? Um, but yeah, I agree with that. But this movie had really great moments, like the, the moment where the older guy gets his uh, finger cut off Right away, you know, that's kind of something that you can see in the trailer and in the poster, something like that happening. It was actually in the poster. If you look closely, a lot of details from the movie are there, but it looks like uh, it's kind of hidden by body language. Like he's actually like screaming in pain with his hand in the poster, but it looks like he's laughing with other guests. So uh-huh. when I glanced at the poster, I thought he was laughing in the background, but he's really screaming oh, in pain. That's funny. So I think that there's a lot of great subliminal hiding of things in the advertisement that you know you've realized the truth in the movie when you're watching it yeah and there are some great bits like when um margo makes a connection to uh, the radio of calling for help and then the captain of uh of like a navy ship or whatever a national guard ship comes shows up and he's like what's going on here and he pulls out a gun and everyone's like thank you it's them it's them it's them they're trying to kill and he's, us and he's about to like arrest them and then he lights a candle, revealing that the gun was just a lighter. <laughs> that was really good. I loved it. Uh, one of my, it was really funny too. It so was so many great jokes. Terrific. My, I think one of my favorite jokes in total were the names of the courses and the dishes. They were always like a great dish name, but like uh, changed a little bit to make a great joke out of it. At the yeah. same time, and obviously, I think the best one was. Tyler's whatever the hell this is. What I can't remember the name of the dishes, but when he had Tyler, like, hey, Tyler, you're you're such a prodigy of mine. And here's your chef's Joey jacket. And Tyler's like bumbling, like he's so proud to be able to invite it into the he's kitchen. Like, yes, chef. Thank he's you, like, chef. you're you're come cook, come show us how to cook. <laughs> and so everyone's like trying to watch Tyler cook his bumbling dish. He's like, everyone gather, watch. This, Let's learn from Tyler. He's chopping an onion horribly, and then. Uh, Slovak is like, this must be a new method of shopping. Because <laughs> <laughs> he hates him. Yeah. Slovak hates Tyler. He hates everyone in that room except for Margot. He has a reason to hate everybody. I think, you know, in his eyes, everyone deserved it in that room except for Margot. Maybe that's probably your right why he let her leave because she made that connection with him. Yeah. Besides the chefs, that's why they're on his side of the givers. The takers all deserve to die tonight. That's why he chose them specifically. There's also one other thing that I felt was um, kind of a glaring um, problem. Uh, We saw hints of 
how the sous chefs lived, and it was very like militaristic. They lived in a community. They all slept on uh, bunk on, on small cots in the same room, and you could see like the hints of the lifestyle. But I would have liked to see a little bit more of an example to prove why these people would kill themselves. Just a little bit more. Uh, maybe there could have been one more scene with Slovic talking to them in some capacity. I just wanted a little bit more reason proving why these all these people have agreed to kill themselves. Yeah, I guess um, for me it's not super important because I think plenty of cult movies or cult stories that you watch, even documentaries, you see that they've already been brainwashed. You don't really – I don't think you have to see how they've been brainwashed or how it's continued – I think yeah yeah would well, been... so I would I would argue that oftentimes cults they have an afterlife appeal to them a mm-hmm. uh, religious appeal to them and so pe- the followers think like oh I'm gonna die but I'm gonna be brought into this afterlife That's a good point whereas here there's no such thing as that so it's just them being cooks and so I would have liked to see a reason for them looking forward to dying despite just creating the menu even yeah. though one in like you think it's like a mass suicide like it is at the end with many of them but there are people a couple people die before for example the sous chef kills himself yeah. as one of the like the second course of the dinner which is crazy and it's not part of the group so it's not exactly completely cult-like in terms of all passing together to make a statement yeah but he's clearly making a statement with his menu i um, love that scene though but it makes me wonder yeah. if if you want to make your statement with this menu, would blowing your building up being the right way to go about it? If you want to show the world what you're Wait, doing, I just think he wanted. I think that I think that's fine because I think Slovak just wanted to destroy everything he had become, mm-hmm. and the restaurant's part of it. The restaurant is he's ashamed of in the lifestyle. Yeah, that's why he asked Ty, like, "Do you want to be me? Do you want my life?" Yeah. Or yeah, no, he asked the sous chef, "Do you want to be yeah. me? Do you want my life?" And the sous chef says no, even though that's what he wanted in his yeah. past. Yeah, and you know, I I think Slovak, like I said, really interesting character. The acting was really terrific in this movie. And I also love the music by uh, Nicholas Bratel, who does the music for Succession. Really terrific stuff. He's one of the best composers he's, working today. He's really great. Yeah. He's really impressive. But for me, Nicholas Holt really stole the movie for me. Uh, yeah, I think he's he was so funny. He, he was. And just like his facial reactions to things were so spot on. He had me cackling like constantly. And I would just... And if, if even if I wasn't cackling, he would just like his eyes would do something, and I would just like laugh to myself, like, "Oh my god, he's ridiculous." <laughs> he really just stole the show, I think. And then Ray finds someone said he, someone told me that they thought he reminded him a little bit too much of Voldemort in this one. Um, I think that just like when Rafe is ever menacing, he has like I think that because Voldemort's so famous for him. I think it's impossible to watch a Rafe Fiennes movie without yeah, thinking of Voldemort. Yeah, because when he's being menacing, that's I mean that was Voldemort. But also there is like this soothing, loving quality mixed in with uh, with him where he's when he's talking about food and when he's serving, and there is like a like a heart to him and a warmth to him, and he like blends in. He blends in like with one sentence, warmth, and then menace, immediate like on a dime. It's really fat. Like it's a very he's such a very controlled performer, and a lot goes into that. And he just does it effortlessly. And when you're watching him cook the cheeseburger, it's like he's a different person. Yeah, he just actually is just full of joy. He's smiling, he's smirking, yeah. he's enjoying himself. It's like he's taken back into time. He's in a time machine. He's he's like he used to be caring about what he does because he doesn't care anymore. Not anymore. Because when he's making food now, he's just yelling at his chefs. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, he's like a drill sergeant. And then when he's making the burger, it's like he's 20 again. It was a cool movie, though. A great I really liked concept. it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Just like that third act after Margot leaves. That that just... I agree. I feel like some people could have survived or something or got out of there. It would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. 
But um, some cool facts about this film. So screenwriter Will Tracy came up with the idea of the story while visiting Bergen, Norway, when he took a boat to a fancy restaurant called Cornelius Samorsten Restaurant. Uh, Samorsta. You got it. You got it. Show, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's uh, Cornelius Showmat. It's a restaurant on a nearby private island, and they realized they were stuck or trapped on the island until the meal was done. Oh, and there were really great um, coverage and insert shots of the the tide coming in against this old, old wood, all these old roots. Driftwood. Drift, driftwood, thank you. It was really stunning. Also, the food, the lavish food layouts were prepared by renowned French chef Dominique Crenn, the only female chef in the United States to attain three Michelin stars for her restaurant Atelier Crenn in San Francisco, as of 2016, though many of the cast and crew were often tempted to taste the delicacies between takes, they had to be reminded that the food items were predominantly props and thus inedible. And uh, Tyler, he he said, what do you say? He says, I've seen all chef's table. <laughs> yeah, I've seen all chef's table two times. Oh, man. Oh, chef's man. table is an incredible it's show. Great. If you've it's never great. seen it before, holy crap. I watched a, a pizza one. They have a new one. It's a whole new season. I heard about that. Chef's table pizza. Yeah, the whole season. It's six episodes of pizza specialists. And oh, my. I've seen two episodes, and they're fantastic. I could do it. The first one is about this uh, Italian chef named Maximo. Massimo, and that got me hooked after the watching The beef that. guy, or? No, it's an Italian chef. Mm -hmm. Well, the beef guy's Italian, too. Yeah, not the beef guy, though, uh -huh. but he just has a couple of Italian restaurants, uh -huh. but he's a, a terrific chef. But, man, that show is excellent. Chef's Table, the production value is off the charts. I was wondering if someone would reference it in the movie, and when he did, I was like, fuck, yeah, it's so, it's so funny. <laughs> so damn funny. But overall, I enjoyed this movie. I, I agree. I give it a 4 out of 5, 8 out of 10, which... Still, it's a great, still great a really rating. good score. <laughs> and it was it was just a refreshing movie. I feel like in the last couple months, there hasn't been a movie like this tone, uh, which I love. I love dark comedy, and I just love irreverent stuff, and it's just super fun. Let's see what it can do going forward in the box office, because right now it's breaking even with this box off with its budget, but that doesn't mean it's going to make money, so it's probably still... It's probably going to lose money at this rate. You know, it's, it probably, What's it at? It's at 35 on a budget of 35 What about um International? No, that's total. That's total. Total box office global. All right. Well, it's still got it's still nah. gonna run in the theaters. For I hope a few it makes weeks. more because it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a really good movie. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I, um, I I had a great time watching it. But that's a surprisingly high budget for that film. I think it's the talent. Um, I think that yeah, I think that I think Anya, Nicholas, and Rafe they they pull five lives. mil yeah each. You know, Anya's each. a huge star. She probably got the most out of everyone. Her and Nicholas Holt. No, Ray Fiennes got the most. He's an Oscar winner. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He probably got yeah. He's an Oscar winner. They all probably got five or close. They all to got it. five probably. So that's a lot of the a lot of yeah. the budget. And again, the production value was off the charts. So that was an expense. Those were expensive yeah. sets. Yeah, I love Anya Taylor Joy, but the, the, Ray Fiennes is an Oscar winner. Hike like high like he's just one of the best actors alive. Yeah. And well, it was a large yeah. cast. It was a it was a great cast. Yeah, the actress great. who played Elsa. I mean, Leguizamo probably pulls three every movie. So Hong Chow, who played Elsa, she's actually in the upcoming Darren Aronofsky film, The Whale. Mm. She's gonna be. She's one of the yeah, the top three leads. Yeah, leads she, in that she's film. one of the leads. She's featured in the trailer for one shot. But apparently, I read an interview with um Ar with Aronofsky and Fraser, and they had a lot of praise for her. She was great in this, but her character was just. No, like very emotionless, but she was very funny. Mm -hmm. So I'm in. I'm curious to see her in the whale. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this review of me too. 
the menu. How'd you? What? Where? What kind of burger did you get? I'm sorry. Oh, I got a just you got a, a smash a burger, classic cha- smash cheeseburger. Yeah. Oh man. Because he made a smash burger, yeah. so I was like, I need a smash burger right now. You, I, I was gonna, I didn't want to go because I had just spent 180 bucks at Trader Joe's, and I was like, I have to eat the food I just bought. I have to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> I went. I dropped it at the up at home. I'm like, see ya. <laughs> Peace out. I'll get you a coke. Yeah, I was like, give me one of those old cokes. <laughs> well, it's not old. It's just uh, not brand they have local soda yeah local yeah. soda it's not like a 10 year old soda <laughs> give me that ancient coke the older the better it's aged but thanks so much for tuning in to raiders of the lost podcast become a patron today at patreon.com slash raiders of lost podcast take care everybody see you next time this episode of raiders of the lost podcast was executive produced by our chosen one patrons Luke Exelston, Tyler McFly, Darren Singleton, Anthony DeMeo, John A. Graz, Becca Keen, Cody Moen, Benjamin Cook, Calvin Cam, and Chandler Johnson. Thank you so much for supporting our show. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.